one of the most popular Christian curriculum for children in the world is a Montessori-style play-based program called Godly Play. Godly Play is a method of teaching Bible stories to young kids using these beautiful, well-crafted wooden story boxes where kids get to play with the different figures and props from scripture stories and other elements of our faith like the liturgical calendar or the sacraments. So, for example, there is a box, a big box, called the desert box, which is full of sand. And it has small wooden Abraham and a small wooden Sarah and a small wooden Isaac. There's also a large piece of green felt used to symbolize a field that is home to wooden sheep and a wooden Christ as the good shepherd. Storytellers use this to tell the story, and kids get to interact with it and play with it. The idea is to create an environment which comes all the way down to the room in which it is taught that inspires children to wonder, to imagine, and to play. Children set the pace. Everything in the room is kid-friendly and safe, reachable, and open for them to explore in the spirit of imagining themselves in the stories of Scripture. This, of course, comes with a process. And the first step of telling a godly play story is for the storyteller to ask each child if they are ready for the story to begin. It's a simple question. Are you ready? It indicates to the child that the time of donuts and running around the parish hall is over. And now there is going to be another activity that requires readiness in a different way. If a child says, no, I'm not ready, they will still be invited inside, but they'll wait with an adult near the door until they're ready to join the circle and listen to the story. If a child is unsettled or disruptive, the storyteller just merely observes, neutrally and kindly, saying, it doesn't seem like we're ready. Why don't we try again? There's no shushing or yelling or name-calling. It doesn't seem like we're ready. Why don't we try again? I marvel sometimes at how simple these interactions can be, because believe it or not, kids respond to this. They want to participate. So they take time to ready themselves, to settle. And I actually think this is much harder for us to do as adults. How wonderful it would be to mark moments of transition in our daily lives by asking ourselves if we are ready, and then actually taking the time to listen to the answer. And if we're not, can we give ourselves the time, kindness, and encouragement to become ready? Our society suffers from cultural whiplash during Advent and Christmas. We are being invited into an incredible story to wonder and play and celebrate with joy. But making the switch from the hustle and bustle of holiday shopping and parties and gifts makes it really hard for us to truly be ready to hear the story of God incarnate. And one of the most frequent comments that I've already made this year is Christmas is almost here, and I'm not ready. We ask each other, are you ready for Christmas? And usually that means, have you finished your shopping or your wrapping or your house cleaning or your tree decorating? But what if the question, are you ready for Christmas, actually meant something like, are you ready to enter into the mystery of the Incarnation? Are you ready to hear this remarkable story about a God who loves us so much 
as to come into the world as an infant? Are you ready to contemplate the ways in which Christ has come and will continue to come into the world? Are you ready for when Jesus comes again in the last days? I can just answer with the same vehemence as I did when asked about my shopping that, no, I am not. So many things prevent me from being ready for the Christmas story. Stress and shame and anger and fear. How in the world can we simply sit, wonder, and imagine with God when our world is so messy and chaotic? Well, our texts for the first Sunday of Advent, you may have noticed, do not start at the beginning. We haven't heard yet about the foretelling of Jesus' birth, about John the Baptist, about angels appearing to Mary. We We actually start Advent at the end. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus in the temple, telling the disciples about inevitable and eventual destruction, natural disaster, and a future That seems full of darkness and confusion. We begin at the end when a theology of hope is the most important. Because remember, in Advent, we focus on a double preparation. One for the coming of Christ at Christmas, and also the second coming of Christ at a time we do not know. It would be wrong to interpret this text through the lens of fear of the rapture, or judgment, or being left behind. Rather, this is to be read as a miracle. Redemption, Christ, Jesus, will come back here in the middle of all of this pain, no matter what may happen for us. But we must be ready. Otherwise, we won't see it or hear it, because we are participants in the greatest story of all. Are we ready? Here is what Jesus tells the disciples to do, and us, in order to be ready for both those things. Stand up, raise your heads, and pray for strength. Stand up, look up, and pray. That's how we get ready. And those things do not necessarily mean that we must condemn or shun this commercial merriment and cheer that we encounter during these four weeks. It actually means doing all of that, just being more present as we are preparing. Secular preparations for Christmas, like cooking and gifting, those aren't inherently bad things, necessarily. But while you do them, how can you get ready for the rest of it? Stand up. Standing up means being vulnerable. You could stand up for a social justice cause. You can draw boundaries with a family member. You can stand up and go for a walk with that cousin you only see once a year. You can stand up and serve your community. You can stand with your kids in the kitchen making cookies. There is joy in standing. Look up. Contemplate the cold and clear nights of winter. Raise your head up out of the ground of your own perspective and really look for God in what you do every day. There might even be a way that going to Harris Teeter for meal prep can actually be a practice of looking for God amidst the ordinary. Perhaps it's an opportunity to see or offer or receive kindness from strangers. Look up. Tell your loved ones, look them in the eye and tell them how much you look up to them, admire and love them. 
Be really present at that company holiday party you really don't want to go to. There is joy in looking up. And finally, pray. Specifically, pray for strength to last through whatever is to come. Pray when you wrap gifts or boil potatoes. Pray as you sit in holiday traffic. Pray as you gather around a meal with those you love the most. Pray as you click add to cart on Amazon. Pray as you nurse grief or loss at the time of the holidays. There is joy in praying. There is joy in this process of getting ready. I invite you into the joy of that process this Advent. It is rare that we are actually asked, like in a godly play story, are you ready? And then actually having a choice as to how we respond. But imagine that we are like a child entering into a godly play classroom, asking, are we ready? And then really trying to become ready in order to play and to wonder. And by the time we gather to celebrate and witness to the birth of Christ on Christmas, I have every confidence that we can ask ourselves, are we ready? And answer, yes. We are ready for this most extraordinary story of goodness and hope. In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer.